Welcome to another episode of To Be Honest. I'm your host, D'Angelo Weebs, and your co-host, Jake. I want to wish everybody a Merry New Year. Uh, <laughs> did I say that right? I'm pretty sure I said that right. Uh, you know, it's it's beautiful. Uh, I, I saw that trending one day, so I just figured I had been saying Happy New Year, and I was all wrong. It should have been Merry New Year. So, therefore, I throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, how'd you finish on your fantasy league football championship? Oh, look, you let, actually let everybody let. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm glad, Jake, because you're the fantasy football extraordinaire. Everybody expect you to be number one in every one of your league. I bet you probably won number one at all nowhere, were you? <laughs> no, actually, I was in quite a few <laughs> leagues, and I was top ten again for like the upteenth time in a row for the accuracy. But you're for- top ten, but there's only ten people in your league. Though. I'm not talking you about my league. Always you, be you, top see, 10. You, you didn't even let me finish. <laughs> I was talking go ahead, about go ahead, go the ahead. 150 experts that are in the industry that ranked on accuracy of ranking you, ranking players. I was in the top ten. I was actually the only person you like this, D'Angelo, inside the top ten for quarterbacks and running backs, and then I was. 13th at wide receiver number one in defenses but you know what i was at tight ends d'angelo <laughs> 92nd <laughs> oh, okay i i i i had a great bowel movement yesterday i thought we was just saying shit that didn't matter is that hey, what you're talking about you asked i'm just telling you <laughs> no but how did you i mean did you bring on many championships yeah i did i brought home quite a few championships i got actually knocked out of a lot in the first round of the fantasy playoffs. how, how many leagues are you in too like, many as a i lose fantasy count every expert, year <laughs> that's ridiculous so you are you in over 20 yeah if you're counting best balls which best balls so you know for it's you draft it and then it sets the lineup for you every single week. You don't touch the roster for the well, rest I, of the year. I don't, I don't know, Jake. I don't know. I, I know. I, That's I, what I, I was know. explaining it to you because I know you don't know. You don't play. Yeah, you said, you said if you know, but I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I got to get you in a league <laughs> I'm giving you. That's what it is. I, no, you're not. That's yes. terrible, man. It's, no, it's because awful. you're going to have the insight. Don't see how people... Look, you'll have the extra insight. You know what it's like to be out there and be through this. So you, you, you should do really well. Yeah, but at the same time, though, you're an expert, and out of the 40 leagues that you're in, you won like two or three of them. No, so it doesn't necessarily come down to what you know. <laughs> no, no, so it that's what I was trying to, to tell available. you the difference. There's a difference. So best balls, you don't manage the roster the entire year. The regular, traditional, those were only about 12 or 13, and they had about three or four championships. That's a, actually a really good hit rate. I was in the playoffs. Oh, Here, I was in the playoffs, but all but two. So there you go. Oh, that's a full-time job just managing these damn football leagues. You well, this is my full-time job. That, that's what I'm saying. So you're, you're a full-time podcast. Let me make sure I get this right. You're a full-time podcast. You're a full-time fantasy expert. Yes. Full-time dog owner. Dude, you're, you're, you're Superman. You're, that's who you are. No, I'm you not because be I don't have perfect. a Lois Lane. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm getting to. We need to find you your Lois Lane. I'm telling you, man. Third Strap Thursdays, they, they look good on you, man. I'm telling you. Let's let's get back to. (laughs) I can't even. There's no way to transition out of that. There's no transition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how my weekend was. No, because I was going to ask you. I I saw. I saw on Instagram. I want to know how. I I was watching the updates that you were posting while you were at Memphis for the game. I want to know about that. Okay, so sitting back watching the game, it was it was amazing. I I got to walk through my feelings first because I'm just like. You know, we played at the Motor City Bowl. We played at, like, the smaller bowls. And then we go to a New Year's Six Bowl. I was shocked because the New Year's Six Bowl was in December. And I'm thinking, like, New Year's is January 1st. Not quite sure how it fought, like, how we plan on the 28th right. of December <laughs> if it's a New Year's Six Bowl. I was confused going into that, right? And I'm like, it's the Cotton Bowl. We're playing Pennsylvania State. I will never give them the credit of calling them what they like to call themselves. But Pennsylvania <laughs> State. We play them. And uh, as I'm sitting in the stands, I sat in the stands for this one. I didn't sit in a box. I didn't. I stood on the sideline for like the first quarter, but I had to. I came up to my seats and I'm watching the game and I heard the most absurd comments from fans. And I, I want you to help me with this, because as I'm sitting here and I'm watching the game, uh, I analyze it from two different angles. Right. So uh, did you watch any of the Pennsylvania State game versus the Memphis Tigers? Uh, very little. Did you? Okay, so so did, are you aware that our quarterback threw a pick there late in the fourth uh, that was returned for seven, right? No, actually, he, I, I was flipping through, and I, I missed that part of it. I, I checked in 
to watch a few specific players, and that was about it. Okay, so from a player's angle, the quarterback was trying to make a play. He tried to shovel the ball to the running back that was wide open, but in the course of him trying to shovel the ball, he gets his elbow hit. It changed the trajectory of the ball. The DB picks it off. He goes in for six, right? I right. shit you not. There's a woman sitting in front of me, and she says, I wonder how much Brady White got paid to throw this game. I'm furious now because I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, I think these guys should get paid, right? I'm I'm going to NCAA. Right. And right. she goes from an angle of, but not only does she say it, but then it started, like, echoing down the line to other fans, like, yeah, I bet he got a pretty handsome price you know, to throw this game. He's just awful. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you guys do realize he just threw for a Cotton Bowl record. He threw for two touchdowns, uh, over 400 yards. Uh, and the reason why we're in this game is because he's throwing the ball, because we can't run the ball. But he's did this the entire game, running around, making plays, and when it doesn't work, he's gotten paid off. I don't understand how fans – think that way bro i'm i i'm a fan and i don't think that way but it it went down like how do you feel like a college player got paid to throw a game i don't know how fans feel that in general and i'm with you because i'll tell a perfect example is but, but, i tweeted before, something before, yeah on. before you answer that though because i got another question too so going to the cotton bowl it cost okay. me over 200 bucks for my seat. I made a video and I'm sure you saw it. I said, there's no way in hell I'm leaving early and walking out on my Tigers. I wasn't going to walk out on my Tigers, even though we were down 14 with like two or three minutes ago because he threw that pick six and then we couldn't move the ball or whatever the case may be. But I didn't leave because I knew how much these seats cost. I even watched Pennsylvania State celebrate them winning the Cotton Bowl because I'm like, shit, I paid for all this. Like when I purchased my $200 ticket, I'm going to make sure I take in everything that has a – but it was people leaving early because, like, the game was over. Like, oh, yeah, man, we're going to beat traffic. Like, bro, you you just – you if it was something else, a concert or anything like that, you stay the entire time because of what you pay for the tickets. I don't understand why fans – and you can help me with this because I'm speaking from a player's perspective. Fans think somebody was paid off to throw something when something doesn't go their way. And two, why fans leave early from a game when they've paid all this money to be there. I, I've heard fans talk about how high the ticket prices are, but then at the same time, when their team is down or up by a large margin, they get the hell out of there so they can beat traffic. So can you help me with that from a player, <laughs> from a fan's perspective? Because it absolutely blows my mind. All right, so I'll tackle the second one first, even though I, I have a relation to the first. But the, the second one, because I've personally, I've even left the concert early, even despite the fact that I've paid tickets. Really? Because, yeah, it was, a, so I was a Blink-182 Green Day concert. It was originally not supposed to be Green Day. They filled in, long story short. I'll, that's another day. But I <laughs> left because of the traffic, because I saw enough of Blink-182 to get my fill. And, you know versus sitting in traffic for out like virginia is terrible so it legitimately would have been an hour and a half possibly more of traffic instead of a 20 minute ride home at the most so that's why I, I cut out like two songs early before the end you know i didn't see the grand finale but i cut out so i could understand it but for your experience no like when i went to notre dame from my experience we didn't leave early despite the fact like whether they were going to be up by five scores. like brent and my buddy and i both said like we don't care if they're up by five scores or down by five scores we're staying till the end. This is a one-time experience. Going to a Cotton Bowl, I don't understand that. I'm with you. I could understand season tickets and be like, man, our team, like if you had season tickets to the Giants this year and didn't even want to go to one of the games or they're right. winning by a ton, which rarely happened, or if they're losing, I could understand that. I don't understand. I'm with you. I don't understand the one-time experience cutting out. I don't understand. Why would you go to a bowl game, a playoff game, even the playoff game? Like if they're already out of it and there's nothing left to play for. It's a playoff game. Like you paid all this yes. money. Why not stay? Yes. So I don't get that, but I understand the feeling. Like there's some of those people that go to playoff games might be season ticket holders. So I understand the feeling. I can understand that. The other side of it, the 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 payer, player being played to throw the game. I've never understood that because it's like this goes back to like boxing when boxing was corrupt and you know people are like, oh, you know, he got thrown, you know, paid the throne to fight. And because they're talking 
billions of dollars industry and millions of dollars of these guys boxing that makes this isn't the same thing this is like you said they're not even being paid and they're not being paid in the first place anyway nobody's paying college players to throw games and throw <laughs> exactly. their career getting <laughs> to the nf like yeah i'll, I'll take ten thousand dollars and potentially not play in the nfl because i threw a game but i i've said that because i'm with you and during the texans game i don't know if you saw it but derrick henry had the rushing title in his sights, but he needed like another 40 or 50 yards late in the game. And he ran off a big play and got the rushing title on that big play. And as a joke, knowing exactly what you're talking about, 100% tongue in cheek, I was like, I wonder if some of the Texans players had money on Derrick Henry winning the rushing title. Saying what you're saying, like these players gave up the play on purpose, but it was 100% tongue-in-cheek, but there's a lot of people out there, D'Angelo, who do think that, like you just said, or the fans that you said. I, I'm surprised you didn't say something or do something to these well, people. Well, well here's, here's the thing, though. When she said it, I looked at my wife, and I was like, yo, this chick is crazy. But, but then after she said it, other people was like, yeah, I bet he got a handsome reward for that. Like, he's been playing awful the entire – and I'm thinking to myself, like – Dude, this guy is balling right now. Like, literally, he's the <laughs> only one on our team. Like, he put one in a bucket. And I'm like, hell yeah, great play. And she was like, about time. And I'm like, at this point, I get it. You don't like him. But if you're a <laughs> fan of the team, if you are a fan of a team, especially college, like, when it goes to, like, amateur ball, I can say, like, I'll, I'll say to myself when our team is doing bad or somebody make a boneheaded play, I'll say in my mind, like, damn, that was dumb. Like, I probably wouldn't have did that. You could have did this or this or this, right? Right. But I don't ever just, like, express myself on the internet or express myself, you know, to other fans and try to get them. Like, by the end of the game, it was a mob mentality going on. Like, everybody in our section was, like, cheering for Brady to do bad. And I'm just like, why would you cheer for your guy to do bad? Like, this... Right. This is amateur football. Like these are guys that are trying to win games like they're not playing for money out here right now. They're playing for pride. They're playing for their school pride. And for you to challenge that and say that they got paid off, like you said, ten thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars. Is that worth not going to the NFL? Like these guys are giving it their all and they're doing it for their university. And it bothers me when kids or fans or older people think that they're playing their asses off for us. We paid our money to come see them for them to entertain us. It's not like they're getting paid to do this. They're getting an education. True enough. But so are other students that are not on the gridiron. They're getting an education as well. They're just paying for it uh, financially with greenbacks versus with their skill set that they have. So it's, it's interesting how, you know, you have those people that say that, like, they just don't like people. Like, you can don't like people in the NFL because they get paid to do that. This is just my opinion. You can not like people because they get paid the big bucks to handle that. But as it relates to college, man, back the hell off these college kids. Man, none of them, they're they're all fighting for their lives in terms of trying to get to the NFL. Only 1% of them are going to make it. And there's over 150 colleges so there's a lot to choose from as it relates to going to the National Football League. I just thought it was crazy, and it just kind of reverberated all the way down. This is how I feel about the Cotton Bowl. I was super excited because I'd never been to a New Year's Six Bowl game ever in my career or just as a fan. So being there, the experience was great. Felt shitty that we lost. Still salty about the fact that we lost. I'm I'm happy that we got there, but I'm not satisfied because we didn't finish or close the deal. I understand that we got rid of our, well, we didn't get rid of our head coach. Our head coach left. Um, we we had an OCDC issue there. I think they left as well. He took some more coaches. So it's not saying I'm not giving, putting out any excuses. I just knew that we was playing behind the eight ball and all our balls were still on the table. Yeah, uh, Hey, that's a <laughs> good summary of it. And uh, I'm glad you at least got to enjoy being there. Uh, yeah. The I, outcome I, you wanted. I, I did. I was pissed off at the wife because she was running late. And I'm like, come on, honey. Like, you really got to do better than this. Because if the shoe was on the <laughs> other foot, we would have been there already. And she was like, oh, I can't find the tickets. I can't. It just seemed like everything. And we got there right at kickoff. And, you know, I want to see everything. I want to see how we warm up. Because I feel like I can see us warm up and see the other team warm up and know who's going to win this game. Just based off warm ups. Because you're just like, damn, as a player, you know who's focused. 
and who's like, damn, I got to be here, but I really don't want to be here. I'd rather be at another bowl game or I could be at home. You could tell by the way people warm up. I, uh, I missed sure. all that. I, I and speaking like that, I'm I was surprised for some of those teams like that uh, the what the Oklahoma players. That's what I was trying to think of getting blown out as bad as they were in the second half to come out and actually like give any effort. I give those kids a lot of credit. But I want to ask you because you're bringing up like well fans saying stuff and as you said you like going on social media or even saying it while they're at the game. I think that's perfect because I'm really curious to know your opinion and feelings on when coaches do it. Because yeah. <laughs> here's like it, that you were the first person. It wasn't the Adam Gase one as much. So there's two. There was Bruce Arians and Adam Gase. So Adam Gase was yeah. these are the after the season interviews that the coaches always go through. Adam Gase was asked about Le'Veon Bell's improvements for next year, and he kept saying, "Oh, you have to talk to Joe about that. You know, talk to him about it tomorrow." Yeah, blah blah blah. Kept uh, passing as in like pushing off again as in he doesn't want to talk about it. He didn't want Le'Veon Bell. He didn't want this. He didn't want that. And just being his normal dick self. I mean, honestly, yeah. this is no other way. Yeah. But He's the consistent, one is, though. <laughs> he is consistent. So that's kind of like he's kind of calling him out, but not really to the level that Bruce Arians did. Like, do it. Bruce Arians threw shade, D'Angelo. Like, he straight up, if this was Twitter, he subtweeted D- Jameis Winston. If this was, yeah. the, like I said, throw shade at. So Bruce Arians, when asked about next year in the quarterback situation, he said this about Jameis Winston. Didn't say his name, but he said, with another quarterback, oh, yeah, if we can win with this one, we can definitely win with another one, too. I mean, D'Angelo, he essentially (laughs) said, with Jameis Winston at quarterback, and you saw how he played, if we can win with him, we can do it with anybody. You tell me where the lie. Show me the lie. Show me the lie. I'm not, but I'm not saying he's lying. But ha, <laughs> but if you're if you're Jameis's teammate, or if the co- if Bruce Arians said that about you, D'Angelo, like wh- what do you what's going through your mind? I mean, how pissed off so, are you? So I actually had a situation like this happen to me when I was in college. Uh, Tommy West was our head coach, and um, I had uh, uh, jacked up MCL. I banged up my MCL. The uh, I think it was the Cincinnati game, and we was two games removed. Uh, maybe it was it was a new. I'm pretty sure it was a knee. We were going in, and I was just on the cusp of making the Tennessee game, and I didn't play the Tennessee game. And reporters asked how close I was. He was like, "Yeah, he was a little nicked up. He could have went, or uh, he wanted to go, but I pulled him back." He said something to the effect of, "He just wasn't ready. He just just wasn't tough enough, or something like that." And it got back to me, and I was like, "Damn!" So I went in, and I was like, "Hey, coach, you know what the hell." And it wasn't like when I read it, I read it like, oh, he was just talking just in general. But when it got back to me, like my friends and my boys and people on the team was like, damn, man, coach really called you out. And like then I started seeing it from their point of view. I'm like, damn, that's rough. So I go in and I'm like, coach, is there something you want to say to me? And he was like, no, nah, you know, it wasn't anything <laughs> like that. This is what I meant by what I said. And I was like, well. If you could say that to me, you might want to say that in the media because, like, you're making me look real bad out here. And he was like, no, that's not – people are going to change what they – how they want They want to see things the way that they want to see things. Like, if there's drama there, then they're going to make it drama there. It, there's nothing there at the end, so I promise you, I assure you. And I was like, okay, fine. So, you know, we move on until this day. My friends still mess with me about that. So leading me <laughs> up to the Adam Gates comment. So Adam said, you got to talk to Joe. Well, first of all, we we know, and I'm pretty sure Le'Veon know that the only one that's fighting for their job on that team is Adam Gase. Uh, <laughs> he don't know if he's going to be there, if he's not going to be there. That's one. Two, everybody know on the outside of the New York locker room that Le'Veon Bell running style is different from anybody's running style in the National Football League and that there's a learning curve that comes with that running style. Adam Gase did not want to deal with the type of running style that Le'Veon has because he knows it's an adaptive running style, meaning they have to adapt to his running style, not his running style adapting to their offense. So right. he was already like in trouble when they acquired him to begin with. I mean, he's an extremely great talent, but he's only an extremely great talent when the offensive line works for him. And we all know that their weakness and their Achilles heel in New York 
on the Giants and the Jets is that damn offensive line. Um, so I I get why he said what he said, but at the same time, like I also I also saw what Le'Veon tweeted when he was like, "Damn, you know," because he also tweeted like, "Hey, you know, next year we're gonna be better. We gotta fix this, you know, blah 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 blah." But Le'Veon come from the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. That's that's the only offense he's ever played in. So leading up to that, like you're in Pittsburgh, you can see everybody's very vocal. You can see that from AB. You can see that from Ben. You can see that from Juju. You can you are a grown ass man when you're in Pittsburgh. Nobody monitors you unless you do something crazy. So with that being said, when Adam Gay said what he said, I was like, oh, this is going to be the Pandora's box or <laughs> it's going to be like Le'Veon just kind of brushes it off. And at this point in time, I don't know if the damage has been done yet because we don't know if Adam's going to be there. It, I mean, do you know if he's going to be there or not? Did they commit to I him? Mean, Aerith- uh, it, for all signs point to it, it, it that he's going to be back for another year. Oh, you said that like relentless, like you didn't really want to say that. The one that no, I really want. I, I don't, I despise Adam Gase. Yeah, I think every, the fan base does too. Nobody likes him, but the people that hired him. Uh, well, what, but well, do you see this differently than Bruce Arians with what he said about Oh, James? 100%, 100%, 100%, because there was nothing really bad about it because everybody know that Adam didn't want uh, Le'Veon. We all know that. Joe knew. Joe was the only one that wanted him. So if you want to know how long he's going to be here, you talk to the person that wanted him here. Talk to Joe. <laughs> Shit, you know I didn't want him. Hell, I, I mean, that's exactly what he was here. saying without saying right, it. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> hell, you know I didn't want him. So because I didn't want him, I don't know how long he's going to be here. I didn't make that decision to bring him here. I obviously can't make that decision to send him somewhere else. Because the trade rumors was real because I wanted to get rid of his ass. Joe told me, no, we're not getting rid of him. So if you want to ask me questions about a guy I didn't want, talk to the guy who wanted him. Talk to Joe ass. <laughs> Joe, get your ass down here and answer these questions. That's what he should have said. But Bruce Harris, oh, he's an absolute savage. Uh, he wasn't wrong in what he said in terms of us winning with a 30 for 30 guy. But at the same time, like, if I'm Jameis Winston, I'm just like, damn, bro, that's rough. I got to get better. We all know you got to get better at Jameis Winston. Stop turning the damn ball over so much. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Keep throwing touchdowns. Like, when you go 30 for 30, every touchdown you throw, you throw on a pick, that makes defenses look great. I, if you throw three picks, that means you're going to throw three touchdowns. Guess what? You're just canceled yourself out. You might as well have had a score at 0-0. Zero, zero. That's why you lost so many games. I get what Bruce Aarons said. Bruce Aarons has come up with some of the greatest, uh, best quarterbacks that that's ever the NFL has ever seen in terms of who he's taught, who's run, went through his offensive system, the guys, these Hall of Famers that he's producing year in and year out. It sounds like to me that Bruce Aarons is trying to tell Jameis Winston something like, hey, I've been coaching you to do this but you don't want to fucking listen. You want to go do what you want to do. So therefore you want to do what you want to do. I'm going to talk how I want to talk in public. I've tried everything I possibly can in private (laughs) to get you to listen and you don't want to listen. So here, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say what I got to say. And then you figure out how you go, you going to handle it. You either going to listen to me now, or you're going to keep proving me right. When I speak about you publicly, that's what I saw. It was a, it was a combination yeah, he he probably kept it's, telling them in practice. We both like, have track records. Mine yes. wins, yours doesn't. Absolutely, that's like anybody going against Bill Belichick. I don't give a damn how good you are. It could be A. B. It could be Tom Brady for Christ's sake. It could be Gronk. Whenever Bill Belichick talks, everybody listen because of his success when it comes to ten plus win seasons. Like, there's nothing that he can do wrong as it relates to football. And that's the I same think way Bruce all, I think is. it's because it's the only time he's actually saying words. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. That, that that could be true. But if you look at what Bruce Aaron said and how he said it, he said it as if, like, look, I've been telling you in private for so long. That's not working. So I got a result to my last thing and saying what I got to say out in public. And I said what I said. And not only did he say that, too, we all know that it's Jameis Winston uh, contract year. So with it being his contract year, we can we can say what we got to say and say, oh, he's just subpar. So now we ain't got to pay him $150 million to figure out if he's the right fit or not. So now Sweet. I can I can Shame. lowball you. Yeah, I, I can throw a little shade 
And maybe I could get you for a little bit cheaper because people listen to what I got to say about my quarterback because I'm I'm with you every day. So you, hey, I got to right. motivation, possibly. Hey, look, yeah, or, franchise or you, you got one more chance. Yeah, right. So with that being said, Jameis Winston can either make him right or he can make him wrong. But at the end of the day, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win because, look, I told you so. And if I'm wrong, that means we win in football games. All right, so they can't win this week because they're not in the playoffs. So right, it's playoff yeah. time, D'Angelo. Let's talk some playoffs and let's talk about our picks. How about that? Does that yes. sound good? That, that sounds a lot better. A lot easier. So our teams, are our picks for the beginning of the year, well, most of them are there. Your Jaguars aren't. <laughs> yeah, my Jaguars. Uh, you know aren't. how I, you know yeah. how to you know how to bring that back up. But let's let's talk about the teams that are there. Uh, the uh, NFC can, teams. Can we are talk still about there. our surprise team? Can we talk about our surprise team? Who's your surprise team? Uh, first of all, it should be everybody's surprise team. Nobody, when the season started, expected Baltimore to be a number one seed. I was, no I, way I was hoping. You, I'm, I'm glad you quantify that with number one seed because I yeah. thought you were going to say, oh, hold on. I thought you were going to say playoffs. I was like, no, no, no. You better no, not. No, no. You the, remember the we had seed. that conversation. Right. Nobody expected Baltimore to come out and be this competitive. I didn't expect that. that you, D'Angelo, am, I, am I the biggest fan of Lamar Jackson? That team oh, that you know personally? the fan of Lamar Jackson. Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> and, and, and I'm pretty sure you got this. a Lamar Jackson jersey. You got one. I might have to you just don't want to admit it because you're a Giants fan. I, I, I totally understand that, but nobody expected them to be a number one seed. It's the same thing no. with my 49ers. Nobody expected them to be where they are. Like, we expected playoffs, but we thinking, you know, at the very least, wild card, right? And at the right. most, maybe, you know, a four or five seed. Right. Like, nobody expected number one seeds. No, so, I, I, I want to make sure we point more. that out. I, I did not expect more. them. Yeah, yeah, I, I never expected that. I also never expected Buffalo to be where they are right now. Uh, I didn't think they were going to sniff the playoffs at all, let alone having the defense that they had and winning what they've won up they until this a, point. They almost, almost had the division. So let's start there. I actually <laughs> think they win in Houston. Oh, uh, <laughs> you, See, that, and you that's, went that's the from, hardest. Hold on, hold on. Can I interpret that real quick? That yeah. sounded to me like you were about to be like, "Oh, I'm a hundred percent with." Oh, I can't. No, maybe I'm not. <laughs> so, so this is this like. is what I this is my thought process. They have the defense to shut down the Texans' offense. Again, you don't know what offense you're gonna get out of the Texans. You don't know if you're gonna get that Deshaun Watson that's ready to run, use his legs, and mix it up on you a little bit. Or, hey, I'm just going to be a pocket passer because y'all sending them bullets. You don't know which one of those you're going to get out of that. But at the same time, Buffalo does not have the offense, uh, in my opinion, to, to move it up and down the field on Houston's defense. And that's why I was like, oh, yeah, because I when you think of Buffalo, you think of their defense first. You're like, oh, hell, yeah. Damn, Josh Allen. Man. Just I just don't think they got enough to to go in and pull it off against Houston. I like Houston by two. Ooh, I, I actually think Josh Allen proved enough for me that he's going to do it one way or another. All right, so here's how? the big one. You tell me how? 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 How the hell? Yeah, how the hell you think Josh Allen got enough to pull it off? You tell me. Because he can do it with his legs. Not quite to Lamar Jackson's level, but Man, he can do it with his legs. Man, if you don't stop that, if you don't stop that. When when you talk about Buffalo Nine, and Josh you know who Allen has more and rushing, offense, hold on. You, I, I understand you, know you said that, but you, I, I understand what you're saying right now. But when you think mobile quarterbacks running the ball, using their legs to create plays, you are not thinking Josh Allen. Because you're. I'm talking about on the terms of like uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. We're talking about using legs, design leg plays. You don't get you know that what? from Josh Allen. You don't get that. You know that. what? You know what? I don't I'm know. I'm so what? glad what? you brought that up because you know who has more rushing yards and more rushing touchdowns than Deshaun Watson? Josh Allen? Yes. Yeah, but who has more than Lamar Jackson? None of them. <laughs> Nobody, but he's on a stratosphere of his own. But that's what I'm saying, though. There's no design he, run play in there for Josh Allen. He run like he he does a normal traditional right. Ima- quarterback scramble and pick up yards. Yeah, I, I can't but imagine that so, because it's not in their offense, so it's a coaching problem. That's what you're saying. So their coach is not. Uh, they're not getting the most out of them that they can. Sure. Yeah, but he's is got he a runner though? Fewer, he's got he's 34 not a runner yard. though. He's not yeah, a running got, quarterback. 
34 fewer yards and five more touchdowns than Kyler Murray. I'm just saying. That's how he's good. You ask okay. me. I'm telling you yeah. how they're going to pull okay. it off. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll both be watching. We will both right. be watching. But I like well, Houston. Uh, I, well, also, I'm assuming we're both going to be watching all these games. And yeah, we will. this one, do you think Tannehill can go into New England and pull off the upset? Hell no. That, that, <laughs> now that's nothing. That That's definitely not going to happen. And the reason why, it's not Tannehill's offense. You know who offense it is, and they do a really good job in New England of making you a one-dimensional team. Uh, if you really good at throwing the ball, they're going to force you beating them running the ball. If you're really good at running the ball, they're going to force you to beat them throwing the ball. And that's a, that's it. I don't think Tannehill is talented enough to beat a New England defense if they say, you know what, we are not going to allow this man-child to beat us with y'all running the ball. We're going to stack the box. I think they're too strong on defense at the cornerback spot to shut down receivers, and I don't think Tannehill is talented enough to put the ball where he want to put the ball. I think that, that's what uh, it boils down. So what it comes down to, I'm glad, glad you brought it up. My biggest thing is, I, first of all, I don't think anybody goes to New England and wins a playoff game unless you're the greats of the greats. And I think the Baltimore could do it, but they don't have to worry about that. But yeah, it's the I, Stephon Gilmore shutting down AJ Brown, and then what's left at this point. So. But it's here's the thing, though. I, I honestly think Buffalo can go up to New England and beat them. I think I they honestly, could. Yeah, they could. I, I wouldn't put money on it. I no, mean, no, no, no. We're not putting has any money a prayer, on it. It's going to have to be the Derrick Henry show. So that's what. Yeah, that, see, and that's the thing, though. I think that they can stop. As bad as New England has been against the run, if that's all we have to do to beat you, I'm putting nine guys in the box, I'm manning up on the outside, and I'm going to say, Tannehill, beat me. Because you don't have the receivers skill-wise no. and talent-wise to keep doing it, play in and play out. No, Corey Davis and John o. Smith are not going to overcome the Patriots defense. That's, that's what even, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. All so right, I'm so, putting 8-9 in the box and I'm going to force you to beat me throwing the ball. Here, well, and here's my lock of the lock. The slimmest of chances that I can see the Titans win, I think there's even less that the Vikings go into New Orleans and win. I think, you know, I think the Saints <laughs> walk away with this one. Oh, bro, it's going to be so bad. They're going to put up so many points in New Orleans. <laughs> I, I, when I saw the matchup, I'm just like, damn. Hold on, so like, do you know that the, all those touchdowns and all those points they put up last week, do you realize that was with a mediocre game and zero touchdowns from Michael Thomas? They, they, they yeah. just do it however the hell they want to do it. Bro, I, this is from top to bottom, roster, top of the roster to the bottom of the roster. I think New New Orleans, the Saints, and I I'm I it, I hate to say this, from top to bottom of their roster, they get the most out of their roster than anybody in the NFL. I agree with you. To, than you anybody, I I've never seen a quarterback in this league play receiver, quarterback, gunner, punt return, <laughs> re, like like literally, you look up and you just like, how the hell is this guy? Like, how does he know what he's supposed to do? in all these positions. If somebody <laughs> yeah. go down, we putting his ass in there at that spot. You, you ready Doesn't for the callback? You ready for a callback <laughs> episode? The little drop here? It, it's because he's sneaky athletic and he, he's got surprising <sighs> quickness. <laughs> I hate when you say that. Nobody's sneaky <laughs> nothing. This is the National Football League. If you put it on tape, we know what you can do. It's uh, just that we don't know what you can do if you play Gunner or if you play. But they get the most out of their roster. They get guys. And, you know, you just insert them where they need to go, and uh, Breeze is going to get them the ball. Michael Thomas is going to catch the ball. You know, Kamara is going to continue running it. And then outside of that, when it comes to whatever else he has on offense, you're just like, damn. You know, you got to look through and roll through, like to check the guy's stats and numbers to see who the hell it is when he throws it to somebody else. And it's the same uh, way on defense. When they come up and they make a play, they have I'm three just... or four guys out, and you don't even know. That's why I'm just glad that uh, Michael Humuhamanaz Susuf, whatever his name was, that he's not there anymore. Because now I don't have to try and say it anymore. <laughs> because he always got uh, Manzada. <laughs> no, no, not oh. T.J. Hushmanzada. Uh, the oh. Michael Humanamana Hui, the the one from however the Hawaiian dude. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> I do know who you're talking about, but I love the fact that you keep trying to say his name and you butchering it even worse every uh, time. Because nobody say can it. say his name. All right, so no. here's a simple name I I can get, and I want to add side bar before we get to the fourth game so okay. there was talk and everybody started going crazy because antonio brown was getting worked out by the saints and they're almost like oh my god could you imagine drew Brees with michael thomas and antonio brown on top of what this team already is 
it would be ungodly. But nothing's happened. There's a lot of talk because they got to talk to the NFL front office, whether or not he would even be on the exempt list or allowed to play. So I know you want to talk about this, and I'm going to let you ask the question that you wanted to ask, because this is more about coming from you than it is for me with Antonio Brown. So with, with the A.B. thing, I, I totally get it. I understand. Uh, I, I was going down my timeline, and when A.B. got the opportunities, there was a lot of people talking about Cap, like Cap not getting the opportunities that A.B.'s gotten, and A.B.'s been in way more trouble than Cap. It, it boils down to this. Uh, and this is, again, my opinion. Whenever your off-the-field issues trump your production on the field, then you're no longer an asset, you're a liability. And I think at this point, it doesn't, it matters what AB does, but what he's done so far does not trump his on the field production because he produces every time he's on the field. He hadn't been out for a very long time. He's on the exempt list. Uh, all of his charges are still pending. Uh, so as soon as those go away, he's going to get signed by a team. It's just that you're off the field, and I agree, cap situation as it relates to off the field never shouldn't have been an off the field issue. Uh, right. But that's how they see it, and because they see it that way, um, that's what it is. I I don't I don't sign contracts. I don't. If <laughs> I would have an if I was an NFL owner right now, me, I'm not an NFL owner. Cap would be on my team because I would try to win, especially if I'm the the Miami Dolphins. I at least bring the guy in, let him get two or three snaps. Hell, you can't get any worse. Uh, <laughs> it's not like you can get any worse and you just stop the chatter that's going on. But that's just me stopping the chatter. But as it relates to AB, he's a very talented receiver. Uh, it wouldn't take much to plug him into your offense and allow him to do what it is that he do. So you can understand from a person that's unbiased on why he's getting the opportunities that he's getting is because his production is still wicked high, like gnarly high versus, you know, a quarterback that people think that has already hit his peak and his off the field issues just trump way more than what he brings to the table on the field. See that that's, and that's crazy to me. That's, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I know that it's, it's, it's insane because, you know, I look at Antonio Brown and I'm like, Hey, look, He's got a hell of a lot of problems. He calls out his own teammates. He's got all these issues when he's there. He's not there doing things on the side. And then, you know, I sent you the video from Instagram that he posted. Yeah. <laughs> that but, was the best response to everybody. Like, I don't know what the hell is going on, but it looks lit. I mean, that's, yeah. but, <laughs> but that's the point. It's like, I feel how, like, if we're putting them in the two buckets and we're saying Kaepernick versus Antonio Brown with the off the field stuff you have to deal with at this point. I'm taking Kaepernick 10 times out of 10. Like, I think he's far less of a frustration than Antonio Brown. Yeah, but you he hadn't been on the field in two or three plus years. Uh, not only has he not been on the field that long, teaching him the offense and getting him acclimated with it when you're trying to make a Super Bowl run, when you're there toward the end of the season, as a quarterback, you have to learn way too much coming in to win a football game versus a wide receiver where you just have to learn routes, a route tree. That's a lot easier than it would be for a quarterback. And then you have to look at it too. Like AB has, he's had a very murky off the field situation. If you can compare it to anything, the only receiver you can compare him to is T.O. And people say, hey, you know, it's a distraction in the locker room. That I'm, I'm letting all the fans know out there of any fan base there's no such thing as a distraction in the locker room for players. None of that bothers us when we're behind those closed doors and we're working our ass off. Football is football. Politics only come into it is when you leave the field. Just remember that. The locker room, there's no politics in there. It's all football. Literally, you can talk about anything you want to talk about. Nothing is a distraction. It's only a distraction to the fan base. And this is what I mean by the fan base. And this, this right here, let me know this. And I experienced this through the college atmosphere, right? So when our teams play like a non-big game and we're looking forward to the big game after that, we always as a fan base say, hey, let's not 
uh, skip over this game. We got to be focused because we got to win this one in order for this to happen. You know, we but in fact, we're only talking about our perspective, not the players perspective that are in that locker room, because it's all football when we're in there. We talk about like A.B.'s my friend. You know, we're in the locker room. He's a nice guy to me. What he's shown me is he's a good teammate to me. He's a good well, let teammate. Me, let me jump in real quick. Yes. Do do we say that and see that? And are you are you saying that specifically about AB when, I mean, this stuff like what's going on with Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, for no reason, he tweets out, boo-boo Schuster was ready under 500 yards. You bomb learn some I, respect. And, and I saw that. They're no longer teammates. Like they were teammates at one point. And obviously, there's a rift there. There's... I, there's obviously more than a rift there. There's a there's a lot. I don't know what those guys exchange. I don't know if they've even friends or if they're obviously at each other's neck like secretly. But he's not in that locker room anymore. I said as a teammate, not a okay. old teammate or a future teammate. When I'm in that locker room and we're playing together, we're gonna hash out whatever issues that we have, whether we want to or not. Because there's other guys on the team, especially me. Like if I knew somebody was beefing over a girl or over some stuff that happened in college or peer, I'm gonna bring it to the table. Like, yo, what y'all? I heard y'all had some beef. You know, y'all had this or that. Like, y'all work that shit out. Because you know, if y'all don't work it out right now, I ain't. We got to ask answer questions about this later. I want to know what I can say and what I can't say. So either y'all going to work this out or y'all not, and it's going to get worse. So they end up working it out right then as they come in. That was one thing. Like, I I, I, I can remember like it was yesterday when uh, Coach Tomlin wanted to bring Michael Vick in because uh, Ben was hurt. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about, hey, you know, should should we bring Michael Vick in? And when I say a lot of conversation – Coach Tomlin made the, the decision. It was no conversation with him. I'm talking about players. We were like, damn, man, we'd love to have Michael Vick. And then it was other players like, man, you know, the fans, you know, they're going to be tripping because, you know, he had the dog fighting incident. And we was like, well, we understand, you know, that he shouldn't have did what he did. He paid his debt to society. So now, you know, what's the problem? And Coach Tomlin was like, I don't give a damn what everybody say. He give us the best chance to win. I'm bringing his ass in and I'm signing him. Because his thing was, is I'm fighting for my damn job. I'm I'm paid to win football games. I'm not paid to be a coach. I'm paid to win football games. And when I'm not winning football games, my ass going to be sitting at home. And if this guy can save my job and help me win football games, then I'm going to bring him in. We signed Michael Vick. He come in and everybody was like, oh, it's a distraction. Dude, we was asking Vick for signed shoes. Like, man, asking him about when he did the like it was never a distraction in the locker room. That's what I'm saying. It was the perception of the media and the fans that thought he was. And we didn't even know that he was supposed to be a distraction. That's what was crazy. <laughs> we would see the stuff on TV and Telling we was like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. We would see it on TV. And like, you know, Vic gave everybody his number. It didn't matter. Like we would call him like, yo, Vic, uh, what the hell did you like? Nah, bro. I don't know what's going on. Like, that's crazy. I'd never heard anything about that. And, like, Coach Tomlin would get everything first. So then it got to where, like, Coach would prep us, not necessarily prep us, kind of let us know what's going on in the media so we'd know we wouldn't get blindsided when we walked off the field. Like, hey, this is what they're saying about Vic today or, you know, this is what's circulating right here. Because whenever you bring in a player like those high-profile players that may have some baggage that come with them, they always try to pull up deeper baggage in their background later on. But Coach Tomlin thing was, is I don't give a damn what they say. I did my due diligence. He's paid his debt to society. He can still play football. He's going to help us win football games. And he did just that when we got there. Ask the uh, San Diego Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) Look, that's how we feel in fantasy. We're we're going to use you guys as you're going to help us win games. That's how it is. All right, uh so... But we're gonna complain Last, along the way, though. Oh well, not we. Don't don't don't, don't throw the we in that yeah. one. Some some of those crazy yeah. people will. All right. All right. Yeah. So last game, Seahawks at Eagles. I gotta think just because you, you talk about Tomlin, you know how I feel about that, and I've said this before on the show is Tomlin and now also Doug Peterson are two of the best coaches in 2019 yes. for what they've had to go through yes. and having their teams in contention. The Eagles got in. They wouldn't have been the AFC, but the Steelers might have been able to get in if they were in the NFC East. As the, the, so, is there any chance nah, the Eagles? Because I, I feel it, like the Seahawks just roll over top of them. 
I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, man. You can out coach other coaches, but you can't you can't out coach coach talent, and that's what they have in Seattle, man. Uh, all their games are close, uh, but then you know maybe Seattle's distracted because fans think that's a that's a real thing. Maybe the Seattle players are distracted and they overlooking this playoff game with the uh with with the with the Philadelphia Eagles because they are so bad in the NFC East. Well, the fact of the matter is, is no, Seattle's going to come out and they're going to kick their ass because they feel like they should be the number one seed and should have finished off the 49ers, but they feel like the the ref screwed them. So this is going to be the perfect get-back game. Beast Mode's going to probably go for over 100 yards because the fans absolutely love him. So now we got to feed him so we can keep the fans happy. It's going to be It's going to be a great game all around for Seattle. But at the same time, though, Philly's not going to lay down either. You're going to get the best of Philly. No. But I just don't think the best of Philly is better or close to the best of the Seattle Seahawks. So I don't it's, even think it's – I don't think the best of Philly at this point, just because of what's left. And I say that, what's yeah. left, it's ridiculous what they've had to deal with. I don't even well, think it's I, like everybody's dealing with the, the same thing. I, everybody's dealing with the same shit. So I, I, don't, I don't believe in Carson Wentz enough to – I. Actually, I don't believe in Carson Wentz you hate at all. Carson Wentz. I, you're absolutely <laughs> right. I do 100% dislike I, I him a lot. Look at what he's from, done with. He's, he's a he's a he great has, guy. He's a great guy. I'm gonna look, tell you how much I like Carson. Three hundred. Hold on, hold on. He's putting up 300 yards with his top two weapons being tight ends. His best wide receiver being an AAF transition player. Like he's got dudes. You know who he sounds? Like? He cut, sounds like Dak Prescott is who he sounds like. The, everything you just said, you can <laughs> no, apply that to like Dak Tom Prescott. No, he sounds like Tom Brady when Tom Brady Dak, was winning the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott throws for over four or 500 yards a game. Had they won games in Dallas, he'd have been up for the MVP this year. But because they and, didn't, nobody said because, anything about that. No, so you're no, saying the same thing was, about Carson Wentz. No, you're saying this to make it was, fit your narrative no. is what you're doing. No, 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 no. Because Zuri just put in the note that I was about to bring up is the fact he's the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards and not have a 500-yard receiver. If he was on the Cowboys, the Cowboys would have been 11-5 and five and he would have thrown for 5,000 yards. But that's the thing. He is with the Cowboys. They're all in the NFC damn East. They're all terrible. That's the whole point that, that I'm making. His secondary is also terrible. But you know, you know who can help him? The damn coaching staff, the GM, and the damn team can help him. Yeah, get him so some therefore, if Hold you can't on. help okay. who you work with. So with that being said, they will not be you can out coach other coaches, but you can't out coach coach talent. Therefore, they didn't want to bring in the talent. They kept Carson Wentz there. Uh now they gotta they gotta lean on their coaching. Whereas Seattle they got talent and they can coach. Their defense versus Philadelphia's offense, I'm taking Seattle's defense. I'm taking Seattle's right, so. offense against Philly's defense. The only thing Philly can beat them in right now <laughs> is special teams. And I'm so glad you didn't transition off of it because I want to stick with that because you said coaching like seven times in there. And that's yes. a great I want to ask you this question. This is that this is I'm not trying to catch you. Like I agree with you. Seattle wins. We've already gone down that road. Carson wins. It has nothing to do with any of that. My question to you, sitting back, D'Angelo, watching this game, especially as a running back, this is the Seahawks team that was in the Super Bowl that was like, yes. why didn't they run the ball? They threw it, yes. got intercepted. Everybody knows how that turned out. So this past week, they also don't run the ball. They get tackled at the one. But that's not the problem. I want to ask you, sitting back, explain to me, because I, I, I can't tell you how it is because I've never been in a huddle. I never have what's going on. So Seattle gets all the way down to the one-yard yes. line. Yes. They have a stoppage on the clock, and yet yes. they still have a delay a game that pushes them back yes. those five yards, which means they probably could have run the ball and still got another play. They probably still could have got the touchdown. What's going on? Is that a coaching I can tell thing? You how, exactly. how do you it's, I want to know. I really want to know. So so my honest opinion, I honestly believe that Pete Carroll cannot handle he does not want to see Marshawn Lynch the MVP or the focus of their offense because there's nothing to gain there as I am Pete Carroll. There's nothing to gain there. We all know that beast mode is beast mode. There's no Seattle Seahawks. There's no Pete Carroll. There's no Russell Wilson. There's no, there's, there's no Lockett. That, that it's beast mode. If beast, if you give beast mode the ball, 
on fourth and one in the Super Bowl. Y'all win it, and he pick it up for the game-winning touchdown. Guess who's your MVP? Guess who does not talk to the media? Guess who does his own thing? We cannot handle that as a Seattle Seahawks team, Marshawn being the face of our franchise. We can't handle that. So now what Pete Carroll is doing is everybody was probably in Pete Carroll's headset like, hey, it's four, it's, we're on the one-yard line, man. You know, we got X amount of seconds to get this damn ball in. You know, everybody, we all know this. Everybody from Seattle, you knew it sitting there. I knew it there. I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. You know, Beast Mode's going to come back. First game back, he's going to will him on to the playoffs, the number one, and they get a delay of game. And I'm like, oh, because they was bringing him in late. And then ran him off the field after they got the five-yard penalty. That's when I was like, yo, that was a coaching issue there with who we going to put back there. When you've been in this situation before, it should have been a no-brainer. I'm giving the ball to Beast Mode every damn time. We're going to win or lose with you, buddy. This is our get back to you. We apologize for not giving it to you. Fourth and one in the Super Bowl. This is us giving it back to you. So can you pay it forward for us, buddy? That'd be nice. It'd be nice for everything to go through Seattle. You pay it for it for us. I apologize. Go win this one for us, big dog. Pat on the ass. He run in. He pick it up. Touchdown. We all walk out in the sunset. We get a first round by. We get everybody healthy, and it's time to go play football. No, it doesn't happen that way because somebody's still in that organization that really want to They wanna really heighten how far Marshawn Lynch can go as it relates to Seattle. When he came back and he, he carried the ball for the first time, the stadium erupted. Went crazy. Went crazy. So I ask you now, as we sit here and we watch the Seattle Seahawks, who is the who is the fan favorite on that team? Oh, it's Marshawn Lynch. Oh, no by far. Not even no question. Yeah. But it took us now to understand that, though. But before, he was just another player. Even though how dynamic he was, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. Dude, this is, as it relates to, like, popularity, it is Marshawn Lynch. And I think that there's a coach in there, and I'm putting it on Pete Carroll because he's the head coach. He is the one that don't want to see Marshawn Lynch live up to the hype or be the face of his team because of how he go about everyday life. He's just about that action, boss. If you hear my voice here, that means we've reached the end of our ride. But there's good news. You can listen to more of the show and get 40% off by subscribing to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash to be honest. That's theathletic.com slash to be honest. You'll be able to hear the full show and D'Angelo's most honest takes of the episode. Okay, now you know. Tune in next week and we'll talk soon.